Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Moody Broads. I'm Rachel Rangel. I'm Rachel Riley. And this is episode nine. Holy shit, there's nine of them. <laughs> we did a thing. We did. Okay, so um, at the request of listeners, we're going to talk about mental health today. Yeah, and we do have some advice to dole out. Hey, so, do you want to start with the advice? Yeah, I yeah. guess. So yeah, yeah. Um, somebody that I know is kind of in a relationship with a gentleman that she's known for a very, very long time. Um, it seems like it's kind of a tumultuous relationship. Both of them, um, he was previously married and his wife was not a very nice lady to him. Um, and also this woman was previously married and her husband was not very nice to her either. Mm -hmm. Not all of, you know, like, I mean, the, the bad times outweighed the good for these people. Gotcha. Anyways, so, um, the, they're talking. Mm-hmm. And he's very come here, go away, come here, go away. And she feels like she owes it to him to... Uh, this is not Rachel making it sound like a stranger when she's talking about herself. I should probably put that in there. It's oh. <laughs> literally someone Rachel knows it's not her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so uh, it's very come here, go away. And... Um, I've already I've already given advice several times. I told her she needs to do what she needs to do to be happy, um, but she wanted to get a general sense of Ooh, maybe neat. coming from somebody that is not doesn't have the same involvement yeah, in her life. Yeah. So um, they kind of she thought she was finished, and then he. I know. <laughs> and then he did something that railed her back in. Of course um, he did. Um. Well. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe I should have had her ask, write me an email. <laughs> that would have been easier <laughs> instead of trying to <laughs> explain so the situation. So what kinds of things about him? Uh, so he sounds like he's insecure, huh? Um, yes, very insecure. Um, but I think the that last that's wife was mean. Yeah, she wasn't very nice. And so um, their relationships with their significant others prior to um, their divorces uh, kind of mirrored each other. So they understand each other on gotcha. that. On that, um, but. The, uh, the woman in the relationship has worked through all these issues, and um, whereas he has not. So. Gotcha. Okay. Um, do you think that she owes it to him to... <sighs> I don't think that she owes him anything. I think that... I mean, I've... I, I've... He's helped her through some, some yeah. pretty intense, intense moments. And, um, and so uh, it's a friendship right now. Okay. They're, they're not really, um. In a relationship per se. In a relationship at this moment. Um, it's mostly a, a friendship that is attempting to blossom into something more. But there seems to be some hiccups on the way. Right. I mean, I'm definitely no expert on relationships, but I feel like if it's this hard in the beginning, I don't know that it's going to get easier. That's what I said. Right. And they're not married. Yeah. Like, once you're married to somebody, you have kids with them, like, you you do, like you said, owe it to them and to yourself to mm-hmm. weather certain storms together and give it, like, the old college try. Right. That's... But I don't know that, you're, that your person that you're talking about um, really owes that to a person. She's already been through the ringer with her marriage yeah. that she's done with. And I think that she's given a good portion of her life to other people, including her children, because she mm-hmm. does have children who are grown. 
And so I think it's time for her to start living her life and being happy. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. So, I mean, if if he is bringing her more stress than joy and holding her back from doing things that would make her happy as a person because I mean there's a certain point in your life where I just feel like it is about being happy like when you've Mm -hmm. raised your children and you've sent them off into the world and they're like it's it's okay for it to be about you again for a while and I like I mean I've told my mom the same thing when her and my dad split up it's like you you gave 25 plus years of your life to just raising children and trying to nurture a marriage and um it's time to do you boo boo do you boo that's what I, I really said. believe that they ma- they married at a very young my, uh this my my friend mm-hmm. um they married at a very young age and um so uh yeah I just think that it's important to just do things for yourself at this point and life is short and you there are times where you're supposed you can you you should put your immediate happiness aside uh, I don't for think the, this is one of them this is not one of them no like this is when I think that it's okay to be a little selfish, a little self-serving, and protect yourself. And I think it's time for her to just be happy. She doesn't owe him anything. I agree. And if he has issues from his divorce um, and he wants a friend to work through them, that's one thing. But, like, there are certain things that, like, you really should get professional help or seek self-help of some way to work through it instead of putting it on the people that you're in a relationship and see, and with. That's the, and then that's the thing that's the thing of it is um, he is making her pay for other people's mistakes. Exactly. So. Yeah. I That was what my last relationship was like. Um, he came into the relationship with a lot of issues and took them out on me and because I was very insecure and felt like it was my yeah. job to deal with it you lose years of your life trying yeah. to fix another person and like I said there, there are times in your life where you kind of do have to put happiness aside and focus on but this is not this is not one this yeah. is not her husband this is not a man she's trying to raise and even if she is like I'm not saying that you have to if they were married she'd have to stay I'm just saying like if there's ever a time in her life where she deserves to just be happy, it's now. I agree. There's no point in suffering for another person. Because um, it sounds like he just needs to get some help for his issues. He does. Instead uh-huh. of just treating her as an emotional punching bag. Just the worst. Yeah. I mean, not the worst. Obviously, like, physical. But, you know, I... No, I, I, I know I what that feels. I've been in relationships oh, like yeah. that where you're the emotional oh, yeah. punching bag for someone else's insecurities and someone else's problems. And they don't want to get help or they think that... Taking it out on you is helping, and that's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. So, bottom line, go be happy. Go be happy. Do what makes you happy. Live your life. Do not put your happiness aside for somebody else that doesn't owe, that you don't owe anything Mm to. You really don't. So, it's not the time. Man, we are good advice givers. Fuck yeah, we are. Now, don't ask us about our own lives. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but. I love helping other people. I also love helping other people. And since we're talking about something, well, I have some kind of big news that I would like to share with you. It's actually not. So um, we went to Zach's Dad's this weekend. Okay. And um, we didn't take the stroller because uh, we didn't have any room. Mm-hmm. So, oh man. And this is no offense to anybody that already has one, but we're getting a minivan. I'm trading my vehicle in for a minivan. It many before you have made. The I same know, choice. I know. So I have You're a friend still of mine. Cool. Uh, um, a friend of mine. Uh, she has her own shop called Hoagie's Hen House, and um, she makes stickers for cars. So I, she made the one on the back of my car right now that says "Babies up in this bitch." Yes. Um. So I'm going to when 
it, when we do trade the card, because this is happening. Yes. This is happening. I think it's reasonable. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so, like, They're we so were, practical. Uh, God, I, I know. hate it. They're so I practical. Know. And the gas mileage is a little better, and I, I just. I mean, there's one that has a built-in vacuum cleaner. Which one is that? I don't know if it's the Odyssey or the Sienna, but there's one that has like a vacuum okay. cleaner. Well, I'm kind of like digging this Sienna. I told sh- Zach, two things are non-negotiable. I need a backup camera because I'm yep. notorious for fucking backing into shit. And right I on. need it to be black because if we're going to be doing this, I don't want some baby powder blue. No, like, you want to look like a sleek. Yeah. Baby. So anyways, I'm like, going to have my friend there? Chelsea know. make me a sticker that said, so couple when last weekend when my sister was here and I'm segueing into the sticker that I was like hardcore just rocking out to shit that I used to rock out to you were having a moment I was I was listening to hardcore like still haven't forgotten any of the words to taking back Sunday's louder now album okay and I was singing it and Zach was like are you reliving are you reliving your glory days and he was like you're not cool anymore oh he was joking right he was joking yeah so I decided that I'm gonna have Chelsea make me a sticker that says I was never cool, but I'm really not cool now for the back of my minivan. Oh, I kind of want one because yeah. I've, I know which ones you're talking about, the ones that say I used to be cool, and I was like, yeah. I don't think I can use it because there was ne- never Oh, my God. I was never so was not cool. cool person. And, but, I mean, I was friends with everybody. It wasn't, like, not everybody, everybody. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. just, I maintained a friendly, like, I didn't hate anyone. I didn't, like, right. oh, my God, this person. I would not call myself um, cool. Though. But I was, oh, my God, so not cool. Yeah. Like, not cool never. at all. Still not um, very cool. And um, I'm also. myself here. <laughs> no, I'm still nope. not cool either. I'm still super. What, what even is cool? But anyways, so, yeah, we are, we discussed buying a minivan, like, almost the whole way home. And um, I was looking it up or whatever. And so we're about an hour out of San Antonio. And they start screaming. Of course they did. And I put the wiggles on and the screaming stops. Okay. Then I put on some other music because they like it when I sing to them. Aww. And the screaming fucking started again. Oh. So then I put the wiggles back on and they're quiet and both Zach and I are singing Do the Propeller and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the arm movements and stuff to the and then I said, you know, we deserve a minivan. Like we we deserve this. With a little T V in there. Oh my god, how cool would that be? We have one, but my kids broke it. So Um, that's that's how things are going. So that's my big news. We're trading my car. To get a minivan at some point, and plus better car payment. Hot off the press. Oh my y'all. god! Yeah, they're getting a minivan. I know. It's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my mom is one of the coolest people I know, and yet she drove one of those conversion vans when we were kids, like the ones with the big hump on the top that you can like stand up inside. That thing was lit. All right, it had like, it was like being inside of a little private airplane. <laughs> It had, like, running lights on the floor and okay, on the that sides. that is pretty cool. Dude, it was cool, but it is the most uncool thing you could ever drive. I would rather drive a pink Dodge Neon than this conversion van. But I've seen those. now that Dodge I'm a mother, I totally oh understand the, the practicality behind this big, ugly van that she was driving. Yeah. Plus, my friends thought it was cool, so, like, whatever. Yeah, so. It was that's lit. A, that's that's a thing a that's happening to me. You got any cool kid stories? Uh, oh, I just have a really emotional seven-year-old. Like, she's just, she's like seven going on 15 right now, and she gets really worked up over everything, and I'm trying really hard to just be like, it's so. okay, it's okay, but like, I just see myself in her. Uh, so I'm just like, I can't even get <laughs> you mad at this. you. It's <laughs> my fault. Um, no, no crazy kid stuff. Uh, I, I do have some TV recommendations. All right, if you're not watching, oh, God, I'm about to, I'm about to, uh, 
what's the word butcher the word um haunting of hill house is that good because oh, i want to start girl, watching it it is so but good we have a uh, very little um little time to watch adult tv like that's one where i feel like there are some scary parts but yours are so little that like you could watch it in the background and they i don't know maybe not they, i don't know but you kind of have to pay like, attention that's, yeah that's one of those things okay you see, that's pay attention. my problem because lennon does this cool new trick where she spills your drink if you're not paying attention. And I forgot your rug cleaner. Oh, that's I'm okay. So no, sorry. that's okay. So when we got back on Monday, I set my cup down, and then all of a sudden, Lennon walked over there, and I heard this the sound that water makes yes. or soda makes. The In sound this case, that water makes. Um, when a small child dumps over a brand new cup full of ice and beverage, and she straight up got down on the floor, and you could hear her go. And I was like, no, no, no. So I ran She's a human shop vac. Yes. So, she's over there. She's like, I don't got clean it. up this mess. We got it, Pat. We, you know, we dried it as well as we could. And she was just over there still. I mean, she tried four or five times to soak. Like, she's, the, your, she's your feral she, child. She, Everyone has one feral she, child. She's she's me. Like, okay. that's my kid. Gotcha. I, just, I, I did something. You did that. She, she is exactly me. So then last night... Um, yesterday, actually, uh, I had, I was like, you know what? Um, I grabbed a cup that I could put a lid on and I didn't put a fucking lid on it because I was like, it's only going to be out there for 30 seconds. That's all it takes. And then I, well, I forgot about it and I left it. Mm -hmm. So I'm really impressed that it took her as long to find the cup. But Mm -hmm. anyways, it was a full 30 ounces of liquid and she spilt it and then she got down on the table and she was like, I texted Zach and told him about it, and he was like, that's hysterical, also your fault. So last night he gets home, and we're, Baxley is doing this thing where he just does not want to, he wants to stand. He doesn't want to lay on the floor, he doesn't want to sit, he doesn't want to try and crawl, he just wants to stand. And so my mom was changing his, his diaper that was the second kind of dirty, and he is a boy, so he was trying to grab stuff. And Zach was over holding. I was in the kitchen making dinner. Zach was holding Baxley's arms, and my mom was changing him. And all of a sudden, Lennon's like, "Well, there's a cup on the table. I'm gonna Time go ahead to and knock get it the- over." <laughs> Are we sure she's not a cat? I told him. I said she's like a cat, man. Yeah. She just even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. She's just like, well, that looks like it. I mean, knocked on the floor and she just knocks it over. I wonder what would happen, even though she does it like a hundred times, thinking it'll be different. It's always going to f- spill. Yeah. Well, always. so then. <laughs> She she was like I spilled it yes and she immediately Another got down and started. The dust. <laughs> it was just a clusterfuck and I was just like welcome to the Riley house this is this is parenting this, parenting this, is nothing this, but just a hot ass mess <laughs> it is and she just and so then she just looks so pleased with herself afterwards <laughs> she's like of course she is I did that yeah <laughs> and so over it over <laughs> and there's it, nothing you can do about no it. and over at Zach's dad's house I was so tired I just chasing her yeah from getting into everything it's hard traveling with kids for that reason oh my Both god with, like infants and toddlers for she sure. literally and so Baxley hasn't started crawling yet because he's a big boy and there's just a lot more body he's to move biding his time he is and you know what I'm okay with that because yeah. I'm chasing that kid around she's trying yeah. to walk right now mm-hmm. 
Um, and so <laughs> she was just like, that looks cool. And so I would pull her away and then Baxley would be like, well, I'm going to roll to that and I'm going to get into the same thing she was just in. And Fair I was enough. just like, this is, this is too much. <laughs> this is, this is too much. This is your life now. <laughs> it is. Pulling out, she ate dirt the other night. Like she had dirt all over her face. She looked like she had like a little goatee of dirt and it was just something the dog brought in and I was just like. Oh, that happened when Rose was a baby. About the same age as Lennon, actually. We went to a friend's house and, um. She got into my friend's house plant and got it all over her face. And I sent the picture. I was like, that's not chocolate. That's dirt. I just can't. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, I guess this all kind of segues into this week's topic, which is mental health. And uh, as you can can probably guess, moms tend to have, like, significant health, mental health problems that maybe (laughs) – occur at a higher rate than people who aren't parents i'm pretty sure that's science that's science so um not experts like no not not qualified to really like give any sort of like medical advice or opinions on any of this but we figured it's a good thing to talk about last week we recorded an episode on mental health awareness day and didn't talk about mental health so we're like why don't we do this the week later yeah, yeah. it works. It Why works. Not? Some moody broads fashion. Just now, did you? Put, I saw that you put a poll. Where did you put? It was on Instagram. Okay. And people, you know, really wanted to uh, talk about mental health, and well, um, I think that's good. Let's yeah. Do this. Well, thing. so I guess um, so last week after we um did our podcast, I think I, I texted you and I I was just having a really hard time after we after we did it because I just saw some stuff on Facebook, and it. It just, it, it became too much for me. Yeah. Like, it literally became to the point where I felt like I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Right. I literally just lost my shit and I started crying. Well, I wasn't like straight up sobbing, but I was talking to my mom because I was just kind of throwing stuff around and she looked at me and she was like, what's, what's, and this was happened literally right after you left. Gotcha. Like, I read this article, um, and, um, I, uh. I just, I just lost it. So I deleted the Facebook app off my phone Yep. and I have spent probably maybe an hour, hour and a half on Facebook over the past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not read the comments on anything because people are just nasty and all that negativity was just really bogging down on me. Like yes. really. And so that was kind of my way of, of, of self care. Like I can't For handle, sure. um, and I haven't, and so I only, I was going to deactivate my Facebook, but I keep it for the Moody Broads podcast because yeah. I like checking in to see what you guys have to say and if you guys like things or if you don't like things. Like, that's that's one of the only reasons. And plus, you know, I have family all over the place, so I still share pictures with babies. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm done. And plus, they had that massive security breach not that long ago. Right. Which is kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. And they're just, they're downplaying it is what's happening. But that, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we will talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That um, another time for yeah. sure. When we'll talk about our distrust of social media. I, yeah. uh, I feel like social media does play a very active role in like mental health in both good oh, and it, bad it ways. Does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I mean, there were times when I was deep in my hole of mental illness where having a place to reach out to people was absolutely beneficial. Yeah. But then, like you said, there's times where certain things can be very, and I hate using the word triggering because it's been, it's the, the word's been ruined yeah. by people who just, who don't, but, but there is, there, there are certain subjects that trigger people and, um, into whatever it is, like, it, like what you read 
affected you personally because something you had been through. Yeah. And we've all been that way. And and God, you're right. Comments from people. I, uh, you just get the collective voice of just of just like every walk of life, every level exactly. of intelligence. You well, just oh And what bothers me is that people have opinions very strong opinions on things that have never happened to them. Right. Like you, you know, um, I, it just makes me angry. I know. know. But I just, you know, um, I was reading, uh, I don't want to get like super into it because I just have tried to like, I don't want to say sweep it on the rug. Like I compartmentalize things. I'm just like, well, I'm going to go ahead and put this in a little put box, in and, box and, and put it and in a put bag. And put it away. And, it's um, healthy. No, and it's then, not. Yeah. And so <laughs> uh, last week that box was fucking pulled out and the contents were Sometimes dumped on the floor. Sometimes you got to clean out the box. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it just uh, – and, and people just – everybody has an opinion. And it doesn't matter if you have a personal story uh, – that people are still going to think what they're going to think. And honestly, yes, my biggest thing was yeah, just, yeah. you know, um, I just couldn't take it anymore. Like, I couldn't. And I'm, let me tell you what, I'm so much fucking happier. Yes. That I'm not, like, and so I was reading, um, I was on Facebook because I was looking up photographers that you had suggested. Mm-hmm. And um, an article for uh, car seat safety had popped up. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I was reading it. Hot button topic. Oh, super. So, um, somebody had said that, um, their child had cried and cried and cried after they were able to be like, if they were, they had reached the height and weight requirements to be forward facing. Okay. Um, but still they recommend that you, you, you rear face until like two or three or something like that. Yeah. I think it's a minimum of two. Yeah. Well, so this, this child was one and somebody had said, I'd rather have a screaming child than a dead child. Right. But. Are you telling me that, you know, you can listen to your child scream for 45 minutes? Right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has their personal, and I'm not saying to sacrifice safety, but how fucking dare you say that to it, somebody? Yeah, people have just gotten so um, high and mighty, and I think that's, that's that, that right there. Yes. Yeah, that, that kind of um, dialogue on social media is very damaging yeah. to your Yeah, so I was health. like, you know what? Nope, this is yeah. why I fucking deleted the app, because I would spend... A decent amount of time reading comments because mm-hmm. I like to know what other people think, but at the same time, and it's entertaining sometimes. sometimes. It is, yeah. It depends on the topic. It is it very really much. Does. But um, when you're reading things and people are just being nasty about things that they don't have any, right? They they don't have any experience with, you know. I know, and um, and, and just know, uh, understanding that we're all coming from different, yeah, walks of life. I mean, those kinds of th- that, that kind of stuff. It people don't understand. They're like, "Oh, well, I have a right to have an opinion." You well, do. Yes, you do. But sometimes those opinions, hearing opinions, uh, you know, I think what you did with deleting the app was smart, and I think that oh, all ties into just like self care, which has kind of become like that's a, yeah, it's yep. become an overused term, but it is important. Um, delete the Facebook app. Uh, get off social media. Whatever yep. it takes to you just have to create the environment that lets you be mentally healthy. Yep. And um, I, I didn't feel like I was in a good spot last week at all. Like, I mean, I... And sometimes you'll feel that way and sometimes you won't. That's yeah. the other thing is, like, mental health is kind of, like, your mental state is is very fluid. Like, yeah. you're going to... It's like a... It's a... It's 
something that really has helped me cope with my anxiety, like the bouts of it is like emotions are like waves. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to let them like wash over. And like there are weeks where I feel like being really social and silly. And then there's weeks where I don't. Yeah. And it's like who you are moment to moment can kind of change. And you have to kind of work with that to be healthy and it's all just about balancing it like facebook's mm-hmm. not going to hurt your family's welfare whether you're on there or not yeah it's not going to affect your physical health. like it's it's trivial it doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. it's not like you could yeah it's not like you're like i'm just not gonna feed my kids because it yeah. stresses me out <laughs> and this is self-care well that's that's not good that's not Lizzie broad's nope. advice feed your kids feed your kids feed your kids if it's oatmeal because i did that yesterday and they looked like you had greased up a pig for a fucking pig catching competition yeah they were there's so much and there was Solid. so much oatmeal in the bathtub afterwards but yeah, anyway oatmeal is a tricky one my mom used to say it, she used to try to get us to like be like oh you should eat it because it'll stick to your ribs and you'll feel full longer and now that i am an adult with a basic understanding of anatomy i know it was all lies oatmeal doesn't even touch my ribs uh so <laughs> back to Back yeah. to, um, I don't know. It, I'm sure I've told you. Oh, I spit a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> just super excited about this topic. I am. Um, I'm kind of a self help book fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I read my first self help book when I was like ten. Okay. Uh, yeah. So my mom had this book, and um, I can't remember. It was, it was by this woman called Florence Chauvel. Shin. Whatever you say. I'm going to look it up really quick. I want to say I liked self-help books at a young age because I remember getting the American Girl doll books. Yeah. The the care and keeping of you where it taught you all about like hygiene and Mm -hmm. personal health. Scovulshin is her name. Scovulshin? Yeah. Okay. But it's too, too. But anyways, so uh, I started reading it. I can't remember which one it is. I'm looking at it right now. Apparently she's written a lot of books. Didn't know that. But um, I read one of them and I had a meltdown at a very tender age because I was reading it. And I will never, ever, ever forget this. I told my mom, I said, how am I supposed to take all of this advice? Like it's overwhelming. And my mom said, you don't take all the advice. You take what pertains to you at that time. And that was just fucking mind blowing. <laughs> mind at such blowing. a young age, I was like, I don't have to take everybody's advice. No. I take what it applies to me. Yes. At this point in time. And I utilize that. And I've always been, I know some people ask, they're called assholes, where they ask for your advice and they do what they were going to do to begin with. Right, right, right. I've always taken advice and listen and like process and sometimes people give shit advice yes yeah and so if you just you have to process the advice that you're being given you know and if it pertains to you that's great maybe you should take it if it doesn't pertain to you don't fucking take that advice Mm -hmm. you know and a lot of advice comes from um personal stories so it's hard to give like yeah a lot of the stuff that we tell people is anecdotal it's really just i mean unless unless you actually like are an expert on the subject or somebody who's Mm -hmm. trained and licensed you're you're pretty much going to just be talking from personal experience um speaking of personal experiences do you like want to talk about like our own stupid brains because i am ready to talk about my stupid brain oh yeah you i i I love talking about my stupid brain talk about the stupid brain um so uh people who don't know me very well probably are like wow she likes memes and pictures of animals um i've got a pretty messed up brain turns out like yeah like it's um 
I actually, a lot of the reasons I, I have such a, like a dark sense of humor and just like a sense of humor about everything is to cope with the fact that I've been dealing with mental illness for the past, I want to say 11 years, um, diagnosis wise, but I'm pretty sure I've been exhibiting signs of anxiety and OCD since I was a child. Um, I should probably add that I fell off a building when I was like eight years old. Wait, nine years old. And she only has one kidney bean and because of it. And I only have one kidney. That's not why my brain's messed up. It, but I did hit my head very hard. I fell off of a balcony and onto concrete. And there were lots of psychological evaluations. And they said my brain was fine. But my brain's obviously not fine. I don't know if this is why. Because mental illness is one of those mm-hmm. things that's like a mixture of nature and nurture. Like mm-hmm. some of it you're born with and some of it comes from how you're raised. And yeah, despite having a really wonderful childhood and like – Yes, I had some traumatic things happen, like falling off of a fucking building. But, yeah. like, overall, very uh, happy, mm-hmm. well-adjusted family, stuff like that. So, like, my mental illness doesn't come from anything, like, traumatic per se. Um, but something in my brain went haywire around the age of 18, and I started having panic attacks. And the first one, um, I was driving from Williamsburg up to uh, Fairfax in Virginia. So it's about a three-hour drive. And I was with my boyfriend at the time, and it was night. We were on, I want to, I can't forget the name of the, I forget the number of the highway, but I remember it was just, like, really dark, lots of trees. Starts to thunderstorm. Something that, like, never phased me up until that moment. And that's when I had my first panic attack. And it was, like, I still remember very vividly, vividly being, like, we have to get off the road. It's mm-hmm. like that fight or flight instinct kicked in. And, and for me, it was, we, we got to fly. We got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So, um... That was the first panic attack. Didn't didn't know what the hell it was. Yeah. And then I flew to Germany to live with my parents. My dad was stationed over there, and I was going to do my first year of college um, overseas. And I get over there, and I miss my flight in Frankfurt alone, have another panic attack. And so I'd say for about, like, the first two months of living in Germany, I was depressed and anxious and didn't know what the fuck was wrong went Mm -hmm. to a doctor and that's when I got my first diagnosis of anxiety depression and panic disorder so I went from being like I'm fine to like holy shit I have three diagnoses diagnoses diagnosi I said I I wasn't an expert and I fucking meant it I am not an expert I I I got nothing there (laughs) anyway so medication (laughs) helped Still had problems, but I can say without a doubt that it stole so much joy and so much experience from my life. I mean, I got to live in Europe as a young adult, um, like, you know, in that middle point between, like, real adulthood where you, like, have to yeah. pay all your bills and shit. And in between, like, childhood where, like, you you have to, like, do whatever your parents say. I was in that, like, perfect little, yeah. like, living at home, only having to pay for what I want. I was literally minutes from a train station where I could go to any fucking place <sighs> in Europe I wanted to go. And I didn't. Yeah. Like, I barely left the town I lived in because I was so scared. I was scared to drive anywhere myself. Yeah. Um, I was scared of getting lost. I was scared of having more panic attacks. I... It's crippling, and looking back on it, like, you can get really angry when you look at what mental illness can take from you. Oh, yeah. And then I'd say it started up again um, about the middle of the bad relationship I was in before I married my husband, and um, I would say that, once again, it, it, it stole joy, and it actually pushed me deeper into that relationship, and I'd say it's it's the reason I got married at the age of 20 to someone that I had no business being married yeah. to, and it was not good for either of us. It... um. Once again, it made me not enjoy the life I could have lived at the time. I was trying to rush into the safest possible thing I could think of. Really bad. And then I'd say the worst bout I had started when 
Betty, my my first child, was about one and a half. I was living with my in-laws while my husband was in Afghanistan. And one day, after pretty much being fine the whole time Mm -hmm. we'd been married, no postpartum issues, nothing, I have a panic attack that just, like, completely, like, knocked my whole life on its ass. Um, I didn't know what caused it. I didn't know where it came from. It was the worst one I'd ever had. It was the first one I couldn't get a handle on. And it was, like... I'd say for the whole year and a half after that, it was a daily struggle. That's when I developed the OCD symptoms. That's when I developed all of my weird obsessions and compulsions. And then I had a baby. So it's like the pregnancy hormones. It was the hardest pregnancy I've had. Um, I've only had two pregnancies, but this one was bad enough that this is the reason I don't have more children. Yeah. Um, Obviously, if my ectopic hadn't happened, I like if it if it had been a a, a viable pregnancy, I would I would have dealt with whatever came. Mm-hmm. But it's like choosing to have another baby is not in the cards for me because um, it was that debilitating. And um, my therapist I was seeing because that that's one thing that I was willing to do for myself was go see a therapist. Um, but I wasn't utilizing the therapy properly. I would go every week and I would just tell her every little thing I was afraid of and how I mm-hmm. felt day to day. And I never actually looked at any of the issues. And I, I mean, I, I know I was a difficult patient to treat because um, I would go in there looking for reassurance that I was okay instead of yeah. actually looking at what the problem was. And um, some of the obsessions I can clearly remember from that time was being terrified of like early evenings like a time of day it was really so when when they say like I was mentally ill I was mentally ill now my biggest fear was that it was going to get to a point where I couldn't take care of my child and that just like insidious fear affected everything I did my kid was always dressed to the nines um bubble bath every night three books and then bed like you know like healthy dinners every Mm -hmm. night because and like there's nothing wrong with doing that every night but it was like one of those things where it's like no matter how miserable I felt I made myself go the extra mile because it was like if I can cook the the balanced meal and make sure my kid gets the wonderful bubble bath with me singing to her and all the squeaky little rubber duckies Mm -hmm. and everything like everything's fine I was like I was like that meme where it's like like everything's fine everything's fine yeah and that's what I would do in therapy is like I did it I I got through the week so I'm fine I'm fine and my therapist was like home girl yeah you're not fine I was terrified of the hours between 4 30 and 5 30 so there was a point in this like bout of mental illness that like knocked me on my ass where I wouldn't look at clocks <laughs> I would just wow. avoid clocks I took the clock off my phone because like at the time I had an android and I could literally get rid of the, the time on my phone because I was so terrified to know what fucking time it was I was terrified of restaurants because I had a panic attack in a restaurant um, I was terrified of grocery stores Especially going into them with my daughter and in the afternoon because I had one panic attack in the grocery store and that was fucking it. So it was like a mixture of panic disorder, which is when you have the panic attacks and then you become fearful of the panic attacks, which causes more panic attacks. And then the OCD, which was like the weird obsessions about uh, this might happen, so to prevent it, I'm going to do this. And it just became a vicious cycle. And I would say after I had my second child, um, I started having the bad obsession so something i didn't know was a symptom of ocd is um they call it pure o which is i mean ocd is one of those misunderstood illnesses where i think people are like oh i'm so ocd and they think that ocd is being tidy and 
touching doorknobs and stuff. And it is for some people. Yeah. But it's one of those nasty illnesses where, like, there's so many different ways to suffer from it. And yeah. for me, it was um, after I had Rose, I started having these thoughts pop into my mind. And, like, intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts, yeah. yes. And something called repugnant obsessions. And this is something I really don't share with anybody because it, I was so terrified of what people would think of me. But it, that was what I was dealing with was, like, inappropriate, disgusting images would pop, pop into my mind. Yeah. And I would be horrified by them. But everybody has them to an extent. Everybody has a thought pop into their mind that's inappropriate or wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's weird. But then they're like, oh. Well, that just popped into my head because you can't control your thoughts and boom, it goes away. Like, you know that's not who you are. You put it on, but the OCD would look at it and look at it and look at it. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Oh, my God, I'm going crazy. I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid to watch my kids by myself. I was terrified that I was going to lose my shit and kill myself. I was never suicidal, but I was terrified Mm -hmm. of becoming suicidal. So it's like – that, that form of OCD, I feel like, is something people don't talk enough about, and it still happens to me today. Um, those are what I call the bad days, um, or I call them flare-ups. And my therapist did tell me that that's a good term because mm-hmm. mental illness is – healing is not a linear thing. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, it is not fucking linear at all. <laughs> no, like you can be doing great for months or even years, and then something can come knock you on your ass. It's yeah. an active – you have to be actively involved in – you're healing from it and working on it and accepting those bad days was what I could not do when I was mm-hmm. in it. Getting on medication changed my life. And that was after over a year and a half of refusing to take anything. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I don't need medication. If I need medication, that means I've let it get a hold of me. So mm. instead of getting help, I was so opposed to admitting that I had a problem. Yeah. So, I mean, I could go on for hours and hours. I mean, people around me knew how messed up I was but the advice the the thing that I can say the good things that came out of it because something good does come out of this stuff is um it is the reason I kind of just like go for things now Mm -hmm. um it stole so many years of my young adult life that now I kind of feel this urgency to like live yeah because you just never know when something's gonna happen And life's going to be really hard. And so that's why I do things like call you and say, let's start a podcast. Because even (laughs) if nobody fucking listens to it, we did it. Like, we tried it. You can go on your life with your life saying, oh, I tried that and it didn't work out. Or it it does work out. And you did it. Or, like, trying to do modeling, which, like, I'm not very good at and a little too old. And I probably need to lose, like, 20 pounds. But I did it because I was like – But I was just like, I'm going to do this. Even though I'm almost 30, I'm going to do this. I know I'm not going to – I was just like – because – it's something I've always wanted to do, and one day I'm not going to be able to even attempt it. Yeah. And the years where I could have been doing a lot of the things that I'm doing now, I was scared to leave my house. Yeah. And um, I feel like the only – one of the gifts that <laughs> – it sounds so fucked up saying, because when you're in it, it doesn't feel like a gift. It feels like a fucking curse. But um, when you're on the other side – and I don't want to say I'm on the other side because, like we just said, healing is not linear. I'm still – I still struggle. still have bad days. But I'm coping very well right now. I have a good handle mm-hmm. on my illnesses right now. I have a good medication. I have a good self-care routine. I take care of myself in a way that keeps my bad days too. There are way more good days than bad days. Yeah. Is that 
it makes you appreciate the good days so much more. I'm so much more relaxed about my children's behavior, about stress at home, about the house being a mess, about like, hey, we're going to have frozen pizza for dinner because who fucking cares? We're all here. We're all healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm not an anxious mess shaking in a corner. Yeah. Like I'm able to just sit and enjoy things with my family again. And it makes you appreciate the little things so much more. Yeah. So much more. So I mean, that's. If anybody ever wants to, like, reach out to talk about it, I could go into detail about it. Um, when I say I obsessed about it, it was all I thought about every day. Like, hours of my day. Like, yes, I was going about my day taking care of my child, interacting with my family. I'd go on dates with my husband. I'd go to the grocery store. I'd, I'd do play dates and go out mm-hmm. on girls' nights with my friends. But I'd say, you know, most of the day, in yeah. the back of my head, there's this monster that I was thinking about. And it's, it's always like, what if it gets bad? What if it gets out of control? What if you lose your shit what if they take your child away because you can't take care of her that was my number one fear yeah number one fear and that's why I overcompensated with the whole like she's got to be dressed perfectly and I have to give her a bubble bath every night and I have to get her all the nice toys Mm -hmm. and take her to do all the fun things because I'm being a good mom there's no my mental illness isn't getting in the way of it instead of actually just saying hey I need some help yeah I was terrified to ask for help because if I ask for help Am I an unfit mother? Is someone going to judge me? Are they going to take my kid away? Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone ever wants to talk about that shit, man, postpartum was the worst it was, and that was fucking debilitating. You know, I had... Everybody talks about postpartum depression. Yes. But I don't think enough people talk about postpartum anxiety. Right. I I didn't know that I was dealing with postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I was just... I would hold... I don't... This makes me want to cry thinking about it. I would hold Lennon because she was so tiny. Both of my kids were, you oh, know. Oh, they were itty-bitty. They were uh, so cute. born at 35 weeks. Mm-hmm. Big for being preemies. Yeah, dude, they were big. They were, <laughs> they were like regular-sized babies. Yeah, they were yeah. almost six pounds at 35 yeah. weeks. Yep. But so I would hold Lennon in my hand, and all I could think about was just her her head. Like, what if somebody held her and held her head too hard and crushed it? Yes. Like, but on the on – the, um, so for I don't know if it's this way everywhere because I've only had one, um, one one set of babies. <laughs> um, <laughs> one set. No, and, you've and done so quite a bit. every up until six months, I would take this questionnaire. Um, it was, do you have little interest in doing things? Do yep. you cry? Do you do this? I didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah, so you're like, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Except I'm having all these bad thoughts about things happening to my children and me being completely powerless to stop it. Yes. Um, and it wasn't until. Um, I was, I, I don't want to say out of the woods, but, but kind of like I was, I was past, past it. I, I mean, it, I don't think it, it didn't last until six months. It lasted probably, I would say like the first two or three months where I just had this anxiety mm-hmm. that something like, what if I tripped over something and I dropped my child and then that was it. Yes. Like those kind of things. So I would hold them tight mm-hmm. and nobody talks, like nobody talked to me about that. And it yeah. wasn't until later on, um, I'm a part of this, uh, infertility, page um uh it's a support group for for women that have struggled with infertility um that have children and uh somebody said something about intrusive thoughts and I was just like oh my god that's yeah that's and and I was just thinking of people breaking into my house and stealing my children Mm -hmm. like it was just but I didn't know that that like that's not necessarily normal you know like and it's not necessarily it's not depression so much, but it's, yeah, it, it it's, is, it's it not is anxiety. It is. And I, and I yeah. have, um, I have like situational anxiety. Yeah. I, um, when I lived in Florida, I was going through a really rough time. And, um, actually it was when I met my husband. Um, 
I, uh, and I was seeing a counselor once a week and I would just, I would call my mom crying after each session. I was going through some shit. And, um, when I met Zach, like I called, he, uh, he, I told him like when we first started dating, I was like, I have a lot of shit going on. I'm seeing a counselor. (laughs) I've got I cry cry, like four nights a week. Right on. And he's like, okay. And that's, and he just, he would ask me, like, how's counseling going? And um, it was just to deal with some, you know, some stuff that I'm not going to get into. But, um, and then, so once, once Zach and I, like my, I think it was my first panic attack that I can remember was when we were getting, it was after we got married and I was getting ready to move to Guam. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was my best friend's birthday. One of my, one of my best friend's birthdays. I, I like four best friends. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, it was her birthday and we were going out to dinner and I was sitting in the bathtub and the, I shut the light off and I'm just having a hard time breathing and my chest is tight and I'm just in the bathtub and she comes in and she sits on the toilet and she's like, all right, like not to go to the bathroom, but to just, yeah, you know, to like you. what's, what's going on. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm fucking 23 years old. I just got married. I'm moving to a different country. Like, holy fucking shit. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? Like, just everything. Like, I'm not going to have a car. I'm not going to do this, that, this, that, this, that. And she was like, I have something to help you. <laughs> so, I don't remember what it was she gave me, but it was pretty good. It just kind of put me on an even keel for the rest there of the night. Go. And um, so we moved to Guam. I started having, um, I mean, I've always had night terrors, but they get worse when I'm stressed out. Gotcha. And that's how I, I, I deal with stress by sleeping. Like, I don't know if that's, like, I've been told it's a sign of depression, but if I'm, like, super stressed out, I'm going to take a fucking nap because when I wake up, I'll probably feel better. You're, like, you're resetting your brain, Yeah, basically. basically. And so, um, the caveat to that is that I get night terrors. Yay! So much fun. And uh, a lot of them have to deal with me being, um, in an enclosed space. So, it's super. And so, um, I wasn't sleeping very well. So I went and did a sleep study. The The doctor, I told him, I was like, I'm having, like, my night terrors out of fucking control. Like, yeah. my husband got clotheslined. Shit. Like, I'm not sleeping at night. Um, you know? Uh, and so they sent me to, uh, um, they sent me to a cognitive behavioral therapist. Right. And we, she had me take this, um, this quiz. And I, I, I'm pretty good. Now, I am very fortunate. I do not, um have a lot of issues like I can I can deal I don't want to sound uh, no I know what word? you mean yeah like, I mean you don't I have can... like a clinical problem yeah, yeah yeah but I have situational like it does happen there are right. days where I just I'm just like I can't they and they used to happen more often um but not so much anymore um but uh so I went and she the uh the doctor the the psychologist or whatever be, cognitive behavioral therapist had me take this quiz and um she said she thought that I was bipolar and I started sobbing because um that's a pretty heavy diagnosis it is a very it is a very heavy diagnosis and um I my uh personal it like my personal knowledge of bipolar issues my my father's bipolar Mm -hmm. and um you know uh 
substance abuse issues. Right. My family member, like some of my family members have massive substance abuse issues. So that's, that's what that diagnosis meant for me. Right. I'm going to become a raging alcoholic who pops pills. And so I cried. I called my mom. My mom's like, you're not bipolar. You're not bipolar. Um, because that's, and I'm not saying that's what it is for everybody. You right. Know, no, but, but it, it that's, has to do that's with your personal experience. That's my personal experience yep. of, of I being. I did the same thing with anxiety because my dad has substance abuse issues and has mm-hmm. anxiety. And so I was like, I'm going to end up just like him because yep. I have this one thing in common. Yep. That's, so that's all that that means. I know it, it doesn't mean that that's what you think all people with bipolar yeah, disorder yeah. deal with. But yeah. that's just, just family history and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I called my mom. And so after a few sessions, she, because she, she had mentioned medication and, um, she uh, and I was just like, I don't need it. Like, this is not what's going on. Like, you're not listening to me. And after a few sessions, she was like, all right, here's the thing. Anxiety issues and bipolar issues can mimic one another. And so she was like, you got some hardcore anxiety issues going yeah. on right now, sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we worked through that and she gave me some techniques to deal with it. And I, I still... I use those techniques. And honestly, so this is my absolute favorite. And obviously, this doesn't work for everything. But when I feel myself having, I don't want to call it a panic attack because it's not a panic attack. But when I have my freak out moments, mm-hmm. um, I say, chuck it in the fuck it bucket. <laughs> or I'm getting that, I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere. You should. Like, I'm, I'm going to because that's my fucking mantra. Yeah. Like, that's, that is my chuck You've it in the fuck it bucket. You've said that to me many bucket. times and it legit has helped. Yeah. And so, um... That and then my other thing is because I there are days where I just get so like wound tight and I am just ooh and, yeah and um how I deal with that and that's this is just me personally read a lot of self help books a lot of them because uh-huh. I'm kind of a self help book junkie ooh, but okay. um is this gonna matter a week from now is this gonna matter a month from now am I gonna rem- when I look back at the end of my life. Am I going to be like, gee, I wish I hadn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like, right. or gee, I wish that would have happened. So, and mostly it's, it's, it's stressors that don't even matter. Right. They, like the house is a mess or yeah. like I need to clean out my closet or I need to exactly. declutter something. Like really, is it worth, is it worth your, your, your whole day yeah. ruining an entire day yeah. just to get this one task done that doesn't matter. And I, for me, I, um, my house is always a mess now. It's always a mess even, but the thing is, is, um, I didn't think I was going to have children. Mm-hmm. I didn't. And so I, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to have any more. I don't even know if we want any more. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about it, but I, obviously that changes day to day. Yes. Um, <laughs> depending on how much sleep you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I spend all my time with my children. I mean, I do stuff for me too. For sure. When I, when I have time. Yeah. But I want to see, I want to remember these. I want to remember this. Like this is important to me. And so it's, am I going to remember that my house is a mess or am I going to remember that Lennon found a dried blueberry on the floor and was trying to eat it and I haven't bought blueberries in fucking weeks? <laughs> right? So <laughs> that's... And, if you're a mom and that hasn't happened to you, you're you're just lying. Yeah. That's happened. That's happened to every single mother, no matter how clean your house is. They always find that one piece of food on the floor that you miss. Yep. So, and, and that, that, that to me, that's... And, but like I said, I read so many self-help books to try to get me through my, I don't even know how to explain it. Like just my, my funks. Yeah. I mean, and I think everybody has them and there's different, there's nothing wrong with medication. I mean, there was at one point I wanted to, um, I wanted 
to possibly get on antidepressants just because I was having a really hard time. And then my, my cousin told me about this stuff. It's called 5-HTP. It's a... Mm-hmm. I know what that is. It's a supplement. And yeah. so um, I started taking it after my miscarriage because I... My first miscarriage. Because... Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Because that's like hormones and emotions Hormones and, and depression. And, and I mean, it was fucking awful. Yeah. It was so awful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of anxiety from it. A lot. And like I said, it's situational anxiety. I don't have anxiety all the time. Um, I feel like I'm a little bit... I have a little bit more anxiety now. Uh, because like you said, going to the grocery store is kind of terrifying. I see all these fucking, and uh, once again, Facebook, like all these people, like these people were following me around, <laughs> share, like, does, is that, is that like, is it real or are I you just... think that you should always question what you read on the internet. Absolutely. Okay, Unless Abraham so much... Lincoln said the internet is true. And then... can, like, while we're on this, can I just talk about a pet peeve? Yep. I like, I like shit that is true. I love happy stories or crazy stories of survival if they're true. I don't like – I've seen it on Facebook, and this is totally off topic, but, like, I've seen it on Facebook and Instagram where people are like, here's a picture of this. This is what happened. Isn't this amazing? And then somebody will be like, actually, this has been debunked. This is – this is this yep. did not happen. And someone's like, why do we have to get into semantics about this? It's the story that counts. No. no. Things need to be true because when we start – just going off of feelings yep. rather than facts, that's how we've gotten ourselves into the predicament that we're in now. Yeah. It's just like people believe what they're already biased to believe. And I think it can. And then to come back to the topic, it can affect, it can affect mental health. Oh, my health. God. It does. It does so much. Like, I just can't. And uh, why can't we just be truthful? Like, to a certain extent. Like, don't be like, hey, you look like fucking shit today. Yeah, we don't like, need to do that. Like, why can't we be, you know... We're like, you look really tired. I fucking know I look tired. Yeah. I just, I guess I just Some don't. things we don't have to share. Yeah, that's right. We don't have to share everything. Don't tell but, a but, tired mom that she looks tired. I mean, you can tell me, because I already know it. And I'm not even, like, I don't even find, I don't even take offense to it anymore. Like... It's just, this is how I look This now. is, this is, this is a... I've been tired for this eight is me. years. I know what you mean. Yeah, this is me. Like, it's I not changing. I feel like we could do an entire episode on just, like, self-care uh, strategies, but... um. I did, before we uh, close out, I wanted to t- kind of talk about things that have helped me through panic attacks. Where um, are we at right now? We're at about 52 minutes. Wow. Killing yeah, it. Yeah, we're just talking and talking. Um, through panic attacks, um, everybody has uh, different symptoms when they have panic attacks. Um, I now carry Xanax, um, but I get about 30 pills prescribed to me a year, and I normally end up taking one. Um and that's not because I don't have panic attacks. It's because for me, having the medication on hand, knowing that I have um, like a resolution to yeah. it um, helps a lot. But outside of medication, there are certain things that have worked for me. Um, if you're at home, take a hot shower. Yeah. Take a hot shower or a hot bath because it literally relaxes your muscles and relaxes your nerves and physically calms you down so that you can mentally calm down. I'm not saying that it'll make your panic attack stop altogether, but it will actually physically help. Like getting warm in general um, actually helps because those muscles tightening up, it's all just kind of getting that feedback loop going of the panic and the adrenaline and yeah. the cortisol. Um, another thing is the 22nd. Now, I can't remember where I read this, but this was I learned this like 10 years ago on some fucking website. Um so panic attacks sometimes um, the worst part about them is that you you want to fight them and that makes them worse because you're like I don't want to feel like this I don't want to feel like this and of course mm-hmm. that just makes the monster bigger. So um, when you start feeling a panic attack coming on, uh, you can address it head on by basically saying out loud. <laughs> you might feel stupid, but it, it did work for me. Um, 
all right, I see you, panic attack. I know you're here. You have 20 seconds to do your worst. And for me, it was always like to make me go crazy, to make mm-hmm. me run my car off the road, to make me lose my shit, to make me fucking drop dead of a heart attack. Like name all the things that this panic attack is freaking you out about. Or or if it's a situational thing that brought on the panic attack, name all the worst case scenarios that are going yeah. through your head. Name them. Like put them out there and then say, okay, you have 20 seconds. And then count down from 20 fucking slowly and the reason I say slowly is don't rush it because you're kind of willing the panic attack like do your fucking worst and you know for me it's it somehow worked and um it may not work every time um the other thing is radical acceptance and this is something I've had to work on uh because there was a point where I refused to take medication um and it's just accepting that this is happening and not fighting it and you ride it like a wave um ride the symptoms everything don't 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 run away yeah and don't fight it either because you can't be like i want this to stop i want it to stop just let it happen be like oh my fingers are tingling my heart's racing Mm -hmm. i feel hot blah 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 and just imagine it as a wave that's going to crest and then eventually dissipate again um those are my big panic attack things um Anxiety for me, the biggest thing that I have to work on is just accepting when it happens because I get into Mm -hmm. the loop of this is never going to end. This is my life now. And I'm talking like minuscule amounts of anxiety can do this to me. I'll be like, I'm anxious. And then the OCD kicks in where I'm like, well, I feel anxious right now because it's sunny out and it's chilly. And so every sunny, chilly day I'm going to feel like this. And so Mm -hmm. therefore I have to do this, this, and this to avoid it. And um, if I do this tomorrow, and I still do this thing where if I have anxiety on like say a Wednesday at 3 p.m., Thursday I'll kind of glance at the clock periodically throughout the day and be like how am I feeling how am I feeling and if I can get past 3 p.m. I've ended the loop so like I said still have these obsessions and compulsions but they don't they're not as debilitating as they once were yeah and also my biggest piece of advice with now I I would like to interview someone who has um dealt with depression because any depression I've dealt with has always been like a uh result of the anxiety it's not so much that I actually have like a major depression Mm -hmm. it's more like I get depressed because I'm worn out by the anxiety and I'm frustrated that I can't do certain things because of the anxiety it's not like I've actually ever dealt with like real clinical depression so if you have dealt with it or are dealing with it or just really want to talk about it I think we should ask somebody who's dealt with it I mean have you have you dealt with depression depression no I haven't yeah um and it's something so uh that it runs in my family. Gotcha. Um, very much. Uh, what? One, two, three fifths of my of my immediate family are right. on antidepressants. Gotcha. Um, and so it's something that I am very, uh, very sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm very aware. And and there's nothing you can really do for anybody except to be there for them. Just be there. For and them. I mean, I hate it. I hate it when people are like. Can't you just pull yourself out of it? That's not how it fucking works, man. Yeah, that is no. not how it works. Um, it's literally it's your brain. Yeah, there are certain like you said. There's cognitive behavioral therapy. There is self care. There's meditation. There's radical acceptance. Yeah. There are lots of strategies for coping with mental illness. But it ultimately is it's it's like any other illness. Like, do you tell a person with asthma like just fucking breathe? Like, yeah, fix your fucking breathing. Like, it, it, yeah. no, like you let it. 
it blows my mind that there's so much stigma and I feel like it's getting a lot better. I do feel like it's become a better climate just mm-hmm. in general to talk about mental yeah, illness. Definitely. When I first got my diagnosis <laughs> diagnosis. Is it even moody broads if I mispronounce something? <laughs> if I don't mispronounce something. Um I remember when I got my initial diagnosis back in two thousand seven, it was one of those things like I told friends and they were kinda like, Oh, okay. Like, ooh what the fuck yeah Um, given i was also very young and my peer group was very young like people coming out of high school are not uh mature in the same way yeah did you know that they're not mature they're not really grown up our jokes are not (laughs) they're just uh, they're just children with adult (laughs) privileges basically um but now i feel like if i bring up anxiety there's like five or six people in the room who are like me too yeah, like that's happened to me, and it's man. It, the more you open up to people, you might be saving somebody's fucking life. Yeah, honestly, by just letting them know that they're not alone. Because it's crazy. I can say now, like you're not alone. You're not alone. But I remember when I was in the thick of it, mm-hmm. I still felt alone. I you still feel like it's different than everybody else's problems. Yeah. Um. So I broke my my Facebook rule the other day because i was on buzzfeed we don't know how i feel about it see buzzfeed gives me anxiety because of the comment section um i don't even read the comments yeah i don't read the comments on buzzfeed don't do it um but anyways um it was 19 therapy stories that make you say dang that's so true um and a couple of them just really I, i shared it on facebook and i was just like hey like I broke my Facebook thing that I'm doing my right hiatus. now, my hiatus, to hopefully share this with somebody that needs to see it. Um, and one of the 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 thing on it to start with, it says, if it's not a definite yes, it's a no. And um, that just really kind of, uh, so I shared it on Facebook, and it resonated with a couple people. Um, and But I just... I think it's so important to share stories because, um, I mean, we're all in this together. And Mm -hmm. even if you feel alone, like there is somebody out there that's going to, I don't know if you know this about me. Um, I bartended for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I worked in the bar, I worked in the bar business for almost 10 years. Um, so I'm kind of an unlicensed therapist (laughs) and unlicensed (laughs) Advice giver, the mayor of Blackoutsville, and the welcoming committee. The welcoming committee um, of Blackoutsville. So many people would come in and have a beer and talk to me. Yeah. Like and and I really like I bartended for a short period of time. So um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And um uh, and that's where, you know, uh I I listen to so many people's stories. Yeah, you realize how your problems are not that unique. Well, some of them. Some of them are. <laughs> some of them Those are. Those are the really difficult ones to deal with. Yeah, too. but I, yeah. but for the most part, you know, um, it was just it was it was nice. I liked that people opened up to me. But then at one point, it got too much. Like it was too yeah. much for me to shoulder everybody else's burdens, and I had to just be like. Chuck it in the fucking bucket. There's a character. There's a movie. Have you ever seen The Secret Life of Bees? It's a movie, but it's based yeah. on a book. Yeah. And there's a character in the book, one of the sisters. Um, no, and I don't. That... I don't want to give any spoilers, <sighs> but she has a... Is that the one with uh, Queen Latifah and Dakota Fanning? Yes. Okay, I have. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. So they're one of the characters Ugh. in that movie. Like it's it's like the the main thing that the book reveals about her is that she like takes on other people's pain mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say it. Spoiler alert: If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, she ends up basically dying, killing herself by holding a rock down over her chest and drowning herself, which is heartbreaking that. because it's like she takes on the pain of other people, mm-hmm. and there it had something to do with like bricks. Like she would put 
a rock or a brick or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But it's very possible sometimes when you're trying to help other people, you're just going to start to take it on and take it on. I did. And I finally had to take a step back and be like, you know what? And and I I do care about your problems, but also I need to care about myself too. Well, and that's why we have people Mm -hmm. who are trained on how to do this in a way that doesn't cause them more mental anguish, which is why my number one tip, if you feel like you're going through something, is go see somebody. You know, Because like your best friends can be therapeutic to talk to, but they're not... Unless they are a licensed therapist, they are not qualified I, to, to I want to know why going to see a therapist is so taboo. I think it's just like, it's just the stereotype of like, ooh, my I, therapist. I fucking loved it. I would come out and be like, all right, bitches, I'm yeah. ready to take on this week. And then something would happen. I'd go to my therapist, or I'd go to my counselor and my therapist and I'd be like, <laughs> I'm having a really hard time right now. <laughs> yes. And then I would come out and I would cry a little bit and then I'd be like, all right, bitches, I'm back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, um, and, and so, and one thing that I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love about seeing a therapist is that they are not, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not partial to you. Right. They look at the situation that they're telling. Objectively. Yeah, they're unobjective. That's where they are objective. Yeah. They're not subjective. That, all the objectives. I think, I really hope I was right or else I sounded stupid. Well, I just said all the objectives, so (laughs) it's okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, they look at things from an outsider's perspective. And whereas, of course, like if you're talking to a friend, they're going to jump to your side uh, unless they're like your best, best friend. And they're going to be like, you're being an asshole or, right. you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, it, they're, oh, fuck. now I don't know which word to use. <laughs> Anyways, they're, you know, they're, they're not there to be your friend. They're there to help you work through your shit. And, um, I think that that's really, uh. Yeah. I think it's so important. It's it very important. It really is. And therapy can be hard. That's the other thing people don't talk about. Is it's very yeah. um so I'm I'm I think I'm a hard patient to treat because I have so much going on in my head that I don't get as much out of therapy so much as I just go in there and just like spill my guts and look for reassurance that I'm not a wackadoo. Um and I don't mean to say the word wackadoo um, insensitively. It's not supposed to be like, but there's like, just to make sure, like, I'm functioning. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm quote unquote normal, even though yeah. I definitely have mental illnesses. Um, but it's, it, it's, I know I'm a hard person to treat and I still struggle to get the benefit out of therapy that I need. But at the same time, it's absolutely imperative. Like it, it, it was very important for me to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ow, fuck a duck, dude. What just happened okay, to you? So for the past, like, did you just stab yourself with a with a spring? For the past three episodes, I find stuff. Um, Zach calls them my totems. I find stuff to tinker with. While I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, I just no, need to get okay. this out. No, um, let it I out. I have girl. found this spring on the floor of my closet and. I have been playing with it for the past three episodes. Well, this episode, I have stabbed my fucking fingers four times with it, and I have this sock that, uh, it's punctured my skin, and I have this sock that I've been using to, um, soak up the blood so I don't have to soak the blood. Are you seriously just soaking up blood with a sock right now? (laughs) And so, I feel like I should throw it away, but I know I'm just gonna stick it right back where I can find it for next week. Are we talking about the spring or the blood sock? Probably both. You should, you should wash the blood sock. 
It's a floor sock. It's a perfectly good sock. It's a floor, floor sock. It's a floor it sock. Floor. Um, but yeah, so like three episodes ago, I pulled a spring out of what it belonged in. Yes, yes. And I've been stretching it and stretching it and stretching it. And now I've just stretched it and I'm playing with it. And it's actually pretty fucking sharp. And I've got you're stabbing this- yourself. I know. I've gotten this and thumb twice. And instead of stopping when you made yourself bleed, you kept going. I know. I know. I do this. Like This is why we say we're not qualified to give advice. Absolutely not. Because what was it? A couple weeks ago, I fucking like... A sta- oh yeah, my there my hanger that I was playing with. And I got my finger stuck in. I'm an adult. Yep, I'm an adult. Number wise, yes, we are. Yes, adults. Uh, I should probably throw that hanger away too. <laughs> but it, will I? No, absolutely God, not. No. I'm gonna save it for fucking next Look, week. We got a good little like a little bit of good energy in here going for the podcast, <laughs> and I would appreciate if you don't fucking move anything here, <laughs> including the blood sock. Don't move it right where don't it is. Don't touch the blood sock. Yeah, I've actually it just, it the just blood has sock. a couple. That's a biohazard. It just has a couple of spots on it. But yeah, I've stabbed myself till I bled three times so far on this podcast. But that one really, as I we talk to people about being mentally healthy. Yes, yes. So maybe yeah. I should throw it away. <laughs> Nope. It came from Energy. this thing. Like, what is that? It's a like thing, a lanyard, like a like it's a name the tag thing clip? that the yeah that the guys have for work where they put their thing on it and this is the thing that does the thing. I pulled it off. Very I broke descriptive. It. Super descriptive. <laughs> a little thing. I do what I can. Thing. <laughs> well, okay, we've been going for about an hour. We should probably cut it short. Um, we can continue this next week. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Or we can pick another subject. Write us. Tell us what you want to talk about. I did do a lot of research on the history of marriage, and it's pretty um pretty scandalous, honestly. And uh, marriage is weird. So if you guys want to hear about that, let's go. Um, my concluding piece of conclu- good god last thing i'm gonna say when it comes to anxiety is feel the fear and do it anyway uh and also take priorities take your priorities list them and go for it and if that means that you take um you take that flight across the country to go on that vacation that you've always wanted to do even though you feel fucking sick to your stomach with anxiety do it because you will regret not doing it yeah. so feel the fear do it anyway um what about you, Rage? What's your your closing piece of advice on this subject? You know, I don't know. I don't like and quote. Yeah. <laughs> um I don't, if if you think that you can't work through it by yourself, reach out. Like just reach out. It could be to anybody. You could find a, a therapist, you can find a, a, you can read a self-help book. Like I said, I'm a self-help book junkie. I've read so many fucking self-help books. Do whatever helps you, yep. as long as you're not hurting other people. But also, if you decide to, don't take all the advice. Take the advice that pertains to you and you alone. You That's Pick and advice. choose. Cherry pick it. Cherry pick it. If it Except pertains- this advice that she's giving you, which you should take. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, this is not, I'm not generalized. Right? I don't know. But yeah, don't don't get overwhelmed like I did at the tender age of ten with all mm-hmm. the advice. Take what you need to get yourself through what you're going through. You are through. a unique flower and your exactly. feelings are unique flowers and you must take care of those flowers. I guess that's the best metaphor I could do for that. You're like a bee tending to flowers. So um my one of my favorite I don't even know I'm pretty sure I made this quote up or maybe I didn't, I don't know. But <laughs> Um, every flower needs their soil changed at one point. I bet you did make that up. That sounds like something you would say. You can't grow unless you change your soil. Yes. Also, grow where you're planted. I did not make that up. That's a well. Grow where you're planted. Grow where you're planted. Okay. All right. I did did not make that up. Unless you're a fucking dandelion. Fucking dandelions. I love them. 
I do too, but they – Did you know they're edible? Mm, I know that there's dandelion greens. Is that part of dandelions? Well, I don't know. I would assume so. I I'm, I don't actually – I know that they're edible. All right? That's as far as I went with that. Please I know that check before you eat any flowers. Don't you take our pansies, advice. I think. Hmm. Really? Yeah, and you can eat rose petals if you want. Oh, I, yeah, you can definitely I, eat rose petals. I knew that. I found that out at an early age, and I tried them. They're fucking awful. <laughs> My mom had a rose bush, and I was like, well, <laughs> these are edible. I'm going to try this. I'm going to eat it. I'm really surprised I made it to 30. All the dumb shit that I've done. I'm probably going to get tetanus from poking myself with this fucking Yeah, spring. this could be it. This could be the end. It could be. I'm going to have to find a new co-host. You know what? I really don't. I will really don't want to look for a new co-host. Okay, well... Let's just pray that my last tetanus shot was within the past 10 years. I think it was. Mine was not the last one I got. was in 2007 when I got bit by a rat when I worked at PetSmart in high school. His name was Rat Sputin. (laughs) I named him that. Um, I actually, uh, when we had the chicken chicken coop in the... um, in the garage before I before I sold it, uh, I went out there and I was wearing a t-shirt. And the um the way it was angled was right at nipple, the right, right. the galvanized metal. It was right at nipple nipple gate. Nipple gate. Um, nipple gate. Anyways, uh, I walked past it and I scraped the shit out of my nipple. And I was breastfeeding <gasps> while I was pumping. So oh, wow. not only were they the jugs super full, but also it started bleeding. And there you have it. Yeah, you're Hot welcome. Press. <laughs> Rachel got <Yeah>. boob tetanus. <laughs> boob tetanus. I am not gonna name the episode boob tetanus. You should. That might put people off. Like we're actually talking about real shit this week. And we're like boob tetanus. I know. I didn't do any research for any um animal stuff because mostly I was just trying to keep my kids from, trying to survive. From, trying to survive. I'll do. I'll do an animal section. Yeah, wildlife week. with Ray Kale is actually very wonderful and you could maybe we'll just put it on the facebook group rachel will just wildlife with raquel i like it yeah so anyway follow us on the social medias um but stay off of social media if it makes you feel mentally unhealthy because it's just not worth it but you should still listen to us because we'll make you feel good absolutely i mean happy joy joy I should make anybody feel good. I've poked myself with the same fucking spring. For At least you don't have times. a blood sock. That's right. <laughs> it sounds so dirty. Let's sign off. Let's do this. Signing off, guys. Right. See you Bye. next week. Bye.